are recording with Mr. Joseph Teddy. The long-awaited sequel to Lone Operator Volume 1 is Lone Operator Volume 2. We've dropped the ball. <laughs> My fault that we haven't done an episode in a couple weeks, but we're going to jump right into uh, Chapter 3. For those of you who don't know Joe, go back and watch Chapter or Volume 1. Uh, Lone Operator, Joe's obviously been on this podcast like 20, 25 times, but uh, we're deciding to uh, dissect this book bit by bit, just do like a half hour every week, and uh, yeah, for those of you guys that are interested, grab it, I'll put it in the description, sticking the top comment, Lone Operator, it's a funny fucking book, um, but uh, Joe, how about you take over, my man? Yeah, so um, we talked about chapter one and two, chapter three in my book, um, uh, the actual name of the chapter is called The Warrior Mindset. And, um, you know, so many people have written about the warrior mindset and, you know, talked about it and, and given their opinions on it. Um, and I really think that it's a overplayed, uh, underestimated weapon that a person can own. But the, the problem is, is people's definition of it, at least my definition is a little bit different. You know, everybody thinks about warrior mindset and they attribute that to being in the military or in some special operations group or law enforcement or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, man, warrior mindset is for everyone. Um, and it's not just aggressiveness, you know, like everybody talks about this warrior mind aggressiveness. Well, it's a lot more than that. Uh, that's a piece of it, but it's also, you know, being able to, um, have critical thinking skills under extreme stress, right? That's that's definitely a piece of it. Uh, and being able to um, function uh, when you're uncomfortable. So that old, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's all part of it too. There's so many little facets of it, right? It's just not just, a, a, you know, out, a, all out aggression. That's just not what, what it is. At least in my opinion, it's not. Um, you know, it's the never fail mentality you know, uh, win at all costs. Um, and I talk about it in my book because um, I was on a mission. Um, look, dude, I've never been grievously injured, never. Matter of fact, my my worst injury downrange, I think we talked about is I smashed my finger flat in a Hilux truck um, and I did it myself. So by mistake. So before anybody starts talking about, you know, you know wounds and stuff, my injuries are nothing compared to other guys. Um, but that particular um, chapter, uh, I talk about this mission I went on and uh, I was outside. I wasn't part of the assault force. I was actually pulling security outside. And um, I, uh, around had gone underneath one of our vehicles. And when it did, it, it basically, the round must have came apart because the only thing that hit me that, I ended up finding out was part of the casing, but it hit me in the shin nonetheless. And I felt it and it burned like hell. Uh, obviously if it would have been a whole round, it would have been a whole different story, but it wasn't that basically it, the, our medic pulled, pulled this thing out. It only went in about that far, but anyway, it's just about, you know, wow. Okay. I just got hit with something, you know, it was a little shocking, you know, for the first time, uh, like, wow, I actually got shot or something shrapnel hit me or something. Uh, but I knew it wasn't shrapnel. I knew it was around. And um, so anyway, um, you know, it's easy. And I'm going to say, man, it's easy to panic in a situation like that. Um, it's not something that happens every day. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it hurt. It, it, what was really strange is that it didn't throb. It burned. It actually had a burning sensation to it, which is, I don't know. That, that was the feeling I had. But um, it's, it's just still staying in a fight, you know, um, which is also part of the warrior mindset. Staying in the fight, not going, oh, wait, time out. I just got hit with something. I need a medic right now. That's not the way combat is. There's no timeouts, you know. Um, well, there is when you get home and you're cleaning your weapon and having a you know something to eat and debriefing that that's when it's over but in the middle of it there's no time out so that's pretty much what the whole chapter is about and um i just kind of go into deep detail about this mission and um and it, it wasn't about the mission it was just the fact that i got so caught off guard here i am pulling security of all things and you know no one else even got hurt except for me uh and normally the security guys don't get hurt as the assaulters that actually yeah will, take injuries so anyway that's pretty much what the what that whole chapter is about um and just my my views on the warrior mindset and it didn't it you wrote about it correct isn't there a a guy that you kind of like tipped your hat to it was like an enemy but it was like you guys tried to take him down with like a couple bursts and he just kept getting up oh yeah so um this dude was hot this bad guy was hiding behind a low wall if i'm if i'm not mistaken it was a a wall that surrounded a well that was in this compound he was behind it and uh i was with another guy i was working with and this dude had an rpg and he start he took off running and my buddy actually really quick begun he shot this dude like you could actually see the puffs of smoke like it was really poof poof like you actually see where he's getting hit and hit this dude like first shot in the shoulder and went down to like his hip they got hit like five or six times you know, bop, 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 bop. and you know, he stumbled the RPG went out of his hand and the guy kept fighting. He kept, um, he was still in actively engaging, trying to get his weapon. And this dude was shot mortally, um, at least three rounds in the A zone, you know? So, um, and, uh, anyway, I kind of, I remember I kind of just looked over and it's so weird what happens in the fog of war, you know? Um, I remember looking over at my buddy and just kind of like we were just like stymied that this dude was actually still crawling trying to pick up his rpg um and just you know you can hate and, and respect your enemy yeah at the same time yeah right um and and let me tell you anyway so my my buddy ended up popping him uh shot him in the head and um but the actually it's a really good point because you got to think about this um you don't have to be really be worried doing that kind of work for the people that are like halfway committed right if they're if the enemy's only halfway committed they're they're they have no stomach for the fight and when they get hit they're done what you got to worry about are these people that are 100 committed 100 in the fight they've already basically uh given up the thought that they're going to survive they've already basically conceded they're going to die anyway it's a tough person to kill you know and uh, you don't have to be in iraq or afghanistan um to uh, encounter these people you know and that and, and that's what i wanted people from the book it's like just because this guy was you know a, you know a terrorist doesn't mean there's other people here in the in our country that are just as motivated to either rob you or kill you or whatever maybe they're on drugs which makes it even worse, you know, because that dulls pain. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 
that was the whole the whole uh, premise of that. And I, I got to tell you, that was uh, the first time I actually saw something like that. You know, normally you hit a guy and they take a few steps and they fall, and that's depending on where you hit them. I see them in the leg or arm or something. But where I saw a person get hit multiple times uh, and was still fighting, was still actively trying to get. That's scary, man. Yeah. You know, the human body can take an ass whipping. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah. And another thing you explained that kind of has always interested me, you talked about it several times in your book, is like the actual effect of adrenaline. I always thought that was like, I always thought that was like Hollywood shit. Right. the uh, The way you describe it is it truly is. Right. Yeah, it is. I think everybody at one point in time in their life has had an adrenaline dump. But yeah, adrenaline is, uh, you know, it's um, it's secreted by the pituitary gland um, and uh, it happens in a microsecond. It's a flight or fight. With It's been around since we were cavemen mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to stop, <laughs> but you can't. But what I will tell you is this um, through training. Uh, and repetition and exposure to those type of high intensity confrontations and events, the adrenaline dump gets less and less and less. And here's one mis- misnomer. Everybody talks about, you know, when you get an adrenaline dump, you know, you have several things happening. We lose fine motor skill because all the blood pools from your extremities to your vital organs. It's a protection thing. Sometimes you get auditory exclusion. Like if you ever watched the movie um, with Tom Hanks when they were swarming Normandy, dude, that first scene of them hitting the beach, that is showing a really good example of like an adrenaline dump. Okay. Things speed up like that. Okay. I've had it bad once like that, but it never got that bad again. But, um, you know, everything kind of slows down. You have time displacement where you may think, wow, how long were we on the target? It was five minutes. Well, it was like 10, like, everything's but the big one that you hear everybody talk about is tunnel vision and so what happens is is during a a, a huge adrenaline dump your your vision will go basically human beings can see about 140 degrees right we're not chameleons so we can see about 140 degrees well your 140 degrees goes to about like that Mm -hmm. okay and so it's kind of like looking through a, a small tube and so everybody, and I've heard people say this, and it's just, it's just not true. Um, when you get tunnel vision, you need to break it, obviously, immediately in, a, in any type of high intensity armed confrontation, whether it's combat or you know, a robbery, because now you've, you, you know, you shut you off the whole periphery. room. Well, people will say, well, just turn your head and look around. Well, the fact of the matter is a that is not symptomatic of your eyes tunnel vision is from your brain and what it is is that your your eyes are taking in so much information you're basically overloading your computer yeah the ram can't have has no more room yeah okay you, you cannot take in all of the information you're basically uh at overload and that's what causes your tunnel vision it's not it's not a, a thing from your eyes. That's nothing to do with your the cones and rods in your eyes. Yeah, it has to do with your ability to. Pr- it's like looking at a satellite image. Like you can only zoom in on you can only zoom in on the mailbox of one house in one state. You can't simultaneously look at Miami and New York. Right. Right. So you're right. still taking. Okay, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, dude, that's what it is. I mean, I, and, I, and I tell people, you, it's your, basically your brain cannot process what it's seen. Mm-hmm. It, it's taken in so much data, you're just, you're just crunching the RAM in a computer and it's like, eh, yeah. and that's what happens. So looking around is not really going to break your tunnel vision. What's going to break your tunnel vision, uh, and, and look, dude, I, I've talked to other guys with a lot more experience than me. So this isn't just me this pulling pulling out of my rear end. I'm just telling you what I have been taught from guys much more experienced. And I, I've seen it happen with my own experience. So the way you learn to deal with an adrenaline dump is by doing the same thing over and over. So doing runs to the shoot house and getting that adrenaline dump, um, and, and doing it and doing it and do it. And, you know, um, you know, free fall parachuting or th- whatever, you'll, you'll get an adrenaline dump until you get to a point where like, all right, I got this, you know, I know what's going to happen. Um, I mean, cause I used to get it during the free fall course, you know, I've never free fall. I mean, I'd static line jump. I'd never free fall. And there I am standing on a ramp looking down 12, five and going, I hope I do this shit. Right. You know, even though you have an instructor right next to you, but still you're getting a huge adrenaline dump. You're jumping. So, out um, but as you do it, that tunnel vision just kind of goes away. You know, you, you still get an elevated heart rate and all of that, but it is not affecting you in a negative way. Um, where it inhibits your ability to conduct an operation. So that's one of the biggest things I would tell people was like when the adrenaline dump, you're going to have all kind of strange things going on, but none of them are actually going to help you. Well, except for one, your pain tolerance is going to go away. If you're not going to feel if you get cut sometimes, I mean, cause, mm-hmm. but anyway, most of the stuff is really bad. You know, you lose your fine motor skills. So when it comes to shooting, you better learn how to shoot doing gross motor skills. Cause all your fine motor skills are going to, be hampered you know and, and so um that's a whole nother thing training scars when it comes to training uh for the fight you need to understand what's going to happen to you in a high intensity arm confrontation um and um matter of fact i i think i even told you i was somebody tried to rob me last year at an atm and here's a perfect example and so i'm standing there i parked my car uh and walked up to the atm about 10 30 at night and I put my card in and I'm pressing in these, the buttons and I look and there's a guy standing right there. And it just, it, it caught me so off guard, even though in situations where he was hidden. And I remember I got some tunnel vision. The first thing I, I kind of centered on, cause he had his hands. I look like his hands were like this big. And after he said, well, I don't, you know, he made, he made some comments about, you know, I don't need a gun. I, and I, I, you know, I punched this dude. Long, long story short, long story short, I got an adrenaline dump there, and my life necessarily wasn't in wasn't in danger, but Nothing I know. perceived it. As, yeah, I perceived it as so. I got that woo, yeah. you know, instant. Wow, this guy is going to try to rob my ass. Um, but uh, the sad thing is, Tom, you can't really people try. You can't really um, fake an adrenaline dump. You know what I mean? Like you can't it's like your body's reaction. You can't, I've heard people say, I'm going to put my my hands in ice and numb my hands. You know, it's kind of hard, far-fetched because, you know, your hands aren't cold. It's just, you've lost some of your dexterity. But anyway, people try to simulate it. But the fact of the matter is you can't, you, you just can't. Do you think that you, do you think, the precursor to this was like like in your book like going to like the train yard with your friend and and planning y'all's operations when you're little do you think you were like unknowingly or subconsciously laying the groundwork for like 
mini adrenaline dumps, like sneaking out and going and doing that shit, and the lights would come on, and you'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you know, it's actually a really good point. I mean, completely unintentional. Yeah. Uh, we were too young and stupid to go, okay, well, we're going to go do this, and <laughs> yeah. we're going to get adrenaline dumps, and we're going to figure out how this works. I mean, and we did, especially the one time I snuck into the Union Railroad Roundhouse and almost got busted. I'm a huge adrenaline dump. But, um, you know, um, I would have to say for sure that helped me at a young age. Certainly not to the extent of a gunfight, but back then it might as well have been, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years old and, you know, I'm, we're sneaky. You know, we weren't criminal kids, but, you know, we were, if we would have got caught, we would have probably gotten some trouble. We weren't damaging anything. We were just playing commando. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we were definitely having uh, adrenaline dumps doing that because um, we knew what we were doing. You know, we'd get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to go into the military, so I'm figuring, oh, man, if I get in trouble, I'm not going to go to the military. Stupid decisions, young, dumb, stupid. We all do it. Um, but, yeah, for sure, definitely had a few adrenaline dumps um, doing that kind of stuff. Um, we, uh, I remember, uh, completely off subject, but I remember a buddy of mine uh, that um, his mom and dad had a boat down on the Allegheny River, and... Um, I had a phobia of being in water. I could not see the bottom. I could be in a swimming pool, you know, 15 feet of water. As long as I could see the, there was something about my feet dangling. Yeah, I don't no, know that, what that it was. just sucks. I'm kind of over it now. But, I'm not. Uh, I can't jump into in a lake, day, man. I can't yeah, jump into a lake. In the, Fuck that. Yeah, back in the day, man, I was kind of freaked out about it. And so we, my buddy's like, you know, come on, let, we're going to go underneath. I'll never forget this and talk about an adrenaline dump. We went underneath the dock. So if you can imagine floating docks where the boats are parked at, right? Yeah. So it was a piece you know, wood with styrofoam underneath it. But if you went on the end and looked down it and all the boats were parked like this, there was like a little tunnel that was just big enough that your head could fit through. And you could go all the way through this thing and be and you could like see the slots of the people. So my buddy Bill's like Come on, man. Let's let's go. Let's go through here. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing it. So of course, I succumb to peer pressure, and so we go in this thing, and it was probably I would say forty yards long to, from where it was out in the water to the shore. And I remember he went in first, and I was behind him, and we're basically just pushing our night can't touch. And I'm just going along, you know, like this. And all of a sudden, the water starts going like this. And I hear this. And, dude, back in the day, they had steel barges that went up and down the Allegheny because there were steel mills. And, dude, the water started doing this. And the next thing I dude, then (laughs) I remember my lips were sticking through the slots of the damn wood. If you would have walked above us, you probably would have stepped on my damn lips, dude. <laughs> I remember a massive adrenaline dump there, dude. Massive. And yeah, I mean, almost drowned. Um, but um, those are the kind of situations you want, <laughs> you want to avoid. Um, but if you've never had an adrenaline dump, I kind of feel bad for you because you don't know what it feels like. It's debilitating. And, and that's where that whole warrior mindset comes in, too, being able to manage that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? But it's adrenaline an adrenaline dump it just kind of seems like the normal stresses of life compressed in a, like 10 seconds or something you know like uh, metaphorically 
Sure. Because, right, it's like, you know, what happens when in life when all of a sudden everything happens at once? You, your you know your 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 brother di- uh, for me okay brother sure. di- brother died a month after I decided not to go to medical school a month after I started dating a girl which is a month after I moved home and all right. of a sudden it was like everything is just up in the air like somebody flipped the flipped the table sure. all the chips are in the air and it's but you kind of have to learn to like survive like you said be comfortable where others are uncomfortable you kind of have to learn to like navigate that insanity yes and it you could say that i would say that you could say that's like the warrior mindset is you have to everything's in the air and it's are you gonna freak out no fuck oh fuck are you gonna go run and hide or is it like okay you gotta manage the situation not let the situation manage you yeah just like in combat think dude i mean I can honestly tell you, I don't think I ever went on a mission that went perfect. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't happen. Yeah. So you manage it because if you don't manage it, the situation will manage you and that becomes a problem, you know? So, um, but, but like what you were just talking about, a lot of people would get like an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. I've, had, I've had one in my entire life and no, it wasn't downrange. It was, uh, it was in, you know, as a civilian at home, yeah. but I've had one. And uh, that when it, it is just like what you were saying, you know, this on top of this, on top of this, on top of this, and it's like one more, and your cart just goes. Push. Yeah, and then an and anvil falls. We're human beings, man. We're human beings. I mean, I know, I'm a, dude. I know guys that I worked with. Uh, they were in Delta and SEAL Team Six and other units, and you know, highly, highly competent, very smart dudes, and they turned to drinking. You know, they turned to um, you know. Uh, drugs um you know that suffer from ptsd really bad i mean these are really strong-minded men you know everybody the point i'm trying to make is this everybody you me everybody's got a breaking point end of story yeah um but uh one of the interesting things i actually found out a little off topic was um what coping mechanisms are and this gets into psychology pretty deep and i didn't really know what it was until the unit uh, that, that Dale and I served in. They they got into the weeds pretty deep psychology-wise for the operators right. um, just because because of the nature of the business. But but anyway, a coping mechanism, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever heard of the term. I mean, I've, I've heard of it loosely, like coping mechanism. Yeah. Like, like, so, yeah, so I never heard of it, but it was explained to me by one of the psychologists. He uh, took a bunch of tests and anyway, interviews. And basically what a coping mechanism is, is as you get older, the way I understand it, if you've never really experienced any trauma in your life, your 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 coping mechanisms are basically like sterile. Yeah, you haven't been exposed to any trauma, any drama, you know, death, divorce, whatever the case may be. It's like your right. It's like your immune um, system. Your your mental immune system hasn't been tested. It, exactly, your mental immune system is basically like a baby's. Yeah. You know, you've been in a bubble. You yeah. know, silver yeah. spoon in your mouth. Yeah. Mom and dad coddles you that you've never been exposed to the nastiness of, of life. Well, unfortunately, that wasn't me. I, I had uh, I had a lot of trauma growing up, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of us do. But as you have trauma as a young man or young woman, your coping your your coping mechanisms get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger um, to where what would rattle you. Uh, or what would rattle somebody else, I should say, it's probably not going to rattle you because you're like, been there, done that, really? Like, that's nothing. 
you know, I had to bury my mother, mm-hmm. you know, in high school. That's pretty traumatic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from a, a very tragic and, you know, uh, untimely death. Um, and a lot of other stuff, being bullied, divorce. So it could be all kinds of things. But anyway, the more of that you have, I guess, is growing up the way, and I hope I'm explaining this no, right. The way you the way you live your life growing up is is increasing your your capacity to handle stress. Yeah. For yeah. that. So if your coping mechanisms are a certain level when you go to combat, the chances are you're gonna be able to handle what you're seeing and smelling and everything else, right? Um, doesn't mean you're not going to suffer from PTSD, but you're going to be able to handle it to a point where you can function. Yeah, And that's one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of men and women that went to Vietnam, they do suffer from PTSD because they literally were kids, you know, were drafted and boom, the next thing you know, they're in combat. They had no time. Their coping mechanisms were not developed. Yeah. So as you go through like my career in Marine Corps and SF and then the unit, you get exposed to you know, different stimulus, you know, you find out somebody gets killed in an accident. I mean, I knew a guy that drowned on an open water swim uh, when I was in Okinawa. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this is basic open water swim. You know, stuff like that, it just increases your ability to deal with shit. Yeah. That's what a coping me- mechanism is. Yeah. Do you think that there's, do you think that, you know, talking about guys that uh, they come back and they, they drink or do drugs or, or whatever, do you think, and this is a, my very simplistic take on it, do you think it's because, like, when you're in combat and you get an adrenaline dump, it's it's brutal, but there's also, like, this black and white in combat that isn't applicable in civilian life? It's like, adrenaline dump, kill the bad guy, bad guy's dead, go back to base, adrenaline dump over, versus it's like, right. civilian life, it's like, adrenaline dump because you got fired and your wife left you. Right, but there's no bad guy to kill. I mean, you could kill your boss and your right. wife, but then you're going to jail. And it's like there's no, you know, right. there's it's it's like they say how we get adrenaline dumps, and the human body doesn't know how to deal with it because we, you get an adrenaline dump when you're in traffic, and it's like there's right. no water buffalo to kill. Right, it's the extreme. I think Tom is is what it is. You know, um, and I, and I can kind of relate to it. Again, I, I you know, I, I did my bit. Certainly not the most experienced guy in the world, but. I see how some guys can come back and they just can't um, relate. I, I remember one time I came home from a deployment. And this is a perfect example. Literally did a mission uh, that early that morning. That afternoon, I was on a helicopter, flew to, to Kabul, uh, processed, did some stuff, and I was on a f- flight home. 48 hours later, you know, I'm in a food line shopping. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, I can't, it's really hard to put into words, but it's just a very uncomfortable feeling. I'm looking around like, man, these people don't have a fucking clue. You know what I mean? Like, wow, what, what a, a, you know, peaceful life you have. You know, 48 hours later, you know, we're explosively breaching a, a compound and, you know, um, do what we did. And, you know, two days later, I'm, food shopping and food like it's a really tough adjustment i guess it is even for the strongest guys you know and i'm not one of them just, I, I i know people and dale's talked about this mm-hmm. you know it's 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 you can be the most mentally and physically strong guy in the world but again your body can only take so much your mind can only take so much we're humans we're not yeah. computers yeah you know 
Yeah. It's getting the genie back in the bottle. I remember Dale saying that to me. He's like, letting it out's easy. The trick is putting it back and letting it stay there. Yeah. You know, that's the tricky part because when you're doing what we used to do for a living and you're in combat, you gotta let the genie out of the bottle all the way, not like just looking around. You gotta let that shit fly, man. You get, you know, controlled rage is the word I was told. Yeah. Controlled. <laughs> controlled. You're not out of control business you're doing everything like almost like in a business-like fashion but you're using aggression and speed and surprise and and momentum that, that's the other thing you know you, you got to keep the momentum but anyway it's um it's a very weird thing and it, the sad thing is it's just as you start coming kind of like into your sweet spot after you get back you deployed you go right back out the door again yeah you see what i mean so it's like this never-ending roller coaster it's like uh, 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 yeah. you know yeah, it's and I know I said I'd let you go after a half hour, so we'll we'll wrap this one up. But I was gonna say it's like it kind of seems like Elon Musk's rockets, right? It's like the rockets letting the genie out of the bottle. You can go out to space, you can go Mach twenty three and dock with the space station. Landing's the hard part. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Get off the ground's the easy part. We've yeah. been able to shoot rockets up since Werner von Braun in World War Two. It's only until twenty sixteen that we've landed to land them vertically. It's like. You can let it out, man. You can let that shit fly. Right. How you gonna? You can jump out of the plane. Do you know how to land? <laughs> like. Right. Yeah. This is a very good analogy. It's true. It's uh, and, and let me tell you, it took me, it took me a while. I don't really know how long. Maybe a year or something. After I was done doing that stuff, it took it took me about a about a year. Till I was kind of like kind of like just let it go. Yeah. Like all right, I don't do that no more. Yeah. You know, I got, I'm, I've got a normal life, so to speak. I don't need to um, suppress certain feelings. And uh, and it's easy, dude. Let me tell you, you can ask any guy, ask Dale. I mean, it's easy, especially as a special operations guy, uh, to wind up their clock. And you just got to be careful, you know, because some of these guys are going to wind your clock up. I mean, a lot of guys are just going to walk away from you, you know, because there's trained not to do that mm-hmm. you know but that's the trick you you've got to learn how to suppress a lot of these feelings and emotions and it's hard it's very very difficult yeah it's very difficult yeah. um I, I actually tap my back um i've gotten to a point i mean i used to have a you know i, I would argue with people right mm-hmm. and it would get loud uh it wouldn't get physical but it would get loud and yeah. Rawr, rawr, yeah. right i'm at a point now i don't do that yeah, I, I just don't. Um, I've suppressed it to a point where I won't raise my voice. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. if I'm in an, in an argument of situation with someone, I just won't. I kind of like go into my turtle shell. Or, yeah, you know? yeah. It probably took me like 25 years to get to. The, granted, I was never in combat, but I mean, yeah, it it, it took a long time to. It's like it's like pre-med trying to get into med school and you're competing against everyone else or doing the podcast. You got to do more podcasts. You got to put them out. Right, you got you dial it up to eleven, but then it's like go downstairs to the kitchen and like my mom's there, and it's like you got to bring it back down to two. You can't you can't interact. You can't if you're going eighty miles on the eighty miles an hour on the highway for five hours, and then you get off an off get on an off ramp. You can't keep going eighty. You got to slow down and pull into the McDonald's, right? You can't go. It takes time. It takes yeah. It takes time. It takes maturity. I mean, Lord knows I couldn't have done it when I was thirty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm older now, and I've just I've found my sweet spot in my life, and I like peace, and I like quiet and tranquility, mm-hmm. and you know, I think I, 
I, I think that's really important too because if you don't find that peace in your life and that tranquility i don't think that stuff can ever go away if it's always there it's always kind of like pulling at you pulling at you but if you make yourself at peace that stuff kind of just goes away and if it does come back you're like yeah eh. yeah yeah, I would, I would say that's what meditation's done for me over the last twelve yeah, years. Absolutely, man. If you just learn, absolutely. I um, and people that are listening, I mean, even if you do five minutes of meditation to a day, just that's go fine. somewhere quiet, you know, um, lay there or sit there. However, what kind of meditation would do? That's part of Dale and I's autogenic conditioning. It's just some basic meditative strategies that. Um, you know, just puts you at peace for a minute. Just kind of recenters you, and um, takes five, ten minutes. Yeah, you know, if yeah. people aren't willing to make a five or ten minute investment for themselves, then that's yeah. Don't that's, know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, it's like the old uh, old uh, Zen proverb: uh, everyone should sit for twenty minutes a day, meaning meditation. That's right. Unless, of course, you don't have time, in which case you should sit for an hour. Yeah, there you go. Make the time. Yeah. It's. I mean, I do it for five minutes. Dude, you want to laugh? I'll do it in the shower. Oh yeah. I'll do, I'll do it sitting in the bathtub. Yeah. You know, just just you know, it's just kind of just like letting yourself go and hearing yourself breathe, and yep. you know, there's a way to do it and with your arms and letting your arms and your legs feel mm-hmm. like they're just weightless. So, getting your breathing centered, uh, you, you know, using your stomach muscles to breathe, and it's it's not hard. I mean, no. my dumbass can do it. Anybody can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I tell you, it helps. It helps, especially when you're stressed out. Yeah, it yeah. helps. Yeah, and it, it doesn't need to be more than five or ten minutes. Don't don't go yeah. into it thinking you gotta go do some three hour Buddhist. No, shit. nope. Just yeah, sit down no, for sir. ten minutes. But no, Joe, I, told, I said I'd let you go after a half hour, and I've kept mm-hmm. you for thirty five minutes. So we'll wrap this bitch mm-hmm. up, and uh, we'll hit up Lone Operator Part Three next week. Yes, sir. Part four. Part four. Whatever. Yeah, chapter check three. Yeah, oh, chapter four. You missed. Yeah, you missed that first chapter. I'm losing my mind, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm fucking losing my mind. All uh, right, Joe. Much love, brother. Thank you for thanks, coming man. on. And um, yeah, till next time, everybody, grab the book Loan Operator. It'll be in the description. Stick it in the last this hop comment by none other than Mister Joseph Tedai. Go to JoeTedai.com. Just got a new website up too. Fuck yeah, I'll put that in there too. JoeTedai.com. I got you, man. All right, Joe. Thanks, Tom. Take it easy, buddy. Cheers, brother.